You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 263, From Brainstorm to Bookshelf, a behind-the-scenes look at writing my book. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. If you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hello, everyone. This is a new voice leading this podcast today. My name is Hannah Fleece. I am Pam's copywriter. I've been working with her for almost two years now. And I help her with the email and kind of sales copy in her business. And today we are doing something so fun on the podcast. Pam, as you may know already, has a book coming out this fall, Less Drama, More Mama. And we are going to talk today about the creation of that book and what it was like to write it. And I'm going to kind of turn the tables and interview her today. Um, Pam, if this is the first time somebody is tuning in, can you give us like this super short version of who you are and how Less Drama, More Mama came to be? Sure. Um, This is so fun. Okay. So I'm Pam Howard. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and a master life coach for parents. And I help high achieving moms feel as successful in their parenting as they do in other areas of their lives. So I started Less Drama, More Mama, the business in 2012. I started with a blog. And in 2018, I started my podcast with the same name. And now the book is here. And, um, you know, basically there's just so much content. I have so much content out there in terms of blogging and podcasts. I think, you know, right now at the time of this recording, we just published episode 257. And so the book is, you know, is a way for me to help condense it, make it more, um, it's more organized in the way that I've set up this book. And it's really just kind of an introduction to my work and my philosophy and how I help moms. Yeah. It's so amazing. It has been so fun to see Pam and how she thinks about things and how she helps the moms behind the scenes. So this is really exciting. Um, and the full title of the book, which will give you a better idea of kind of what's inside and how it's going to help is less drama, more mama, how to go from frazzled and disrespected to calm and connected. I actually have my copy, which is not signed, Pam. We need to remember. Well, you got the proof. You didn't get the actual book yet. Yeah. I require a signed copy at some point (laughs) um, of the book. And there's so much goodness in here. But I think the first thing that I'm curious about, and I think others will be, is at what point in the business, because you've been doing this for over a decade now, when did you decide I need to write a book to put all this together? And how did that process get started? Well, I kind of knew I wanted to write a book for a long time, just like it was kind of like a bucket list thing. You know, I'm going to write a book one day. And then what really kind of lit the fire under me was a coach friend of mine and former personal coach of mine. She wrote a book and she had her publisher as a guest on her podcast. And I was listening to him and he was, you know, they were just both talking about the benefits of having a book as a business owner. And I was like, okay, you know what? It's time. I'm going to reach out to this guy and I'm going to set up a consultation and let's go. And so we had our talk and then he recommended a book coach to me. 
So somebody who just kind of helped me organize all of the content and really helped me understand like, what was the purpose of the book? Who is it for? What exactly is my message? All of those things. She helped me, you know, tease those out. And then I just got going. I got writing (laughs) and uh, it was it was pretty quick uh, because like I said, I have most of the content already. And so I didn't have to do a lot from scratch. So for people who have been listening to my podcast or following me for a while, this is going to just be a really good reinforcement and it's going to help solidify what they already know and put it into put it into some kind of a framework. And then for people who are just finding me now, it's really the foundation of everything that I teach. And so they'll be off to a great start and they can pick up with the podcast where we are right now. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk just a tiny bit because I think this stuff is interesting about the process. We won't spend a ton of time on it, but the writing process, you have your blog and you've had this podcast. How did you decide what needed to be in the book? What was most important to know? Those kinds of things. Yeah, so the way I structured it is I thought about like, what do I want moms to know? What do I think are the most important things for them to know as a foundation for parenting? And the way I went about it was coming up with like, what are the lies that moms believe? And what are the truths that I teach that help moms reframe how they're looking at their parenting and how they're looking at, you know, raising a child? And So the chapters are those truths. So it's taking like the lies, the misconceptions, the things that people are believing that are not serving them. And I'm taking those and spinning them. So these are the truths that I want moms to know. And that's kind of how I structured the book. Does that answer your question? Yeah, totally. I actually have the nine truths in front of me. I think some of them could be kind of spicy for people if they're not... Like if they haven't been around for a while, they're not sure what your content is. Are there any truths that you feel like are kind of hard pills for parents to swallow when they hear them for the first time? I think the one that's probably the most difficult to swallow is truth number six, which is self-care isn't selfish and people-pleasing is. That's the one I was thinking too. (laughs) Tell us a little bit more about that. So... A lot of women think that the role of a mom is to just take care of everybody else. They put themselves on the back burner and they feel guilty if they are spending time on themselves without their kids, leaving their kids with a partner or something like that. And so they don't do it. And then they feel resentful. They feel frustrated and depleted because they've given everything away to everybody else and haven't saved anything for themselves. And then they can't show up as the mom they most want to be. Then the people-pleasing part I say is selfish because people-pleasing isn't really what it sounds like it is. It's not about really doing something kind for other people. I mean, it, it does seem that way from the outside, but the motive behind it is to manipulate other people to like you and approve of you and think well of you. And so what people pleasers do often is they lie. They deceive other people into thinking that they are happy about doing something when they really aren't. And so the the motive isn't about making the other person feel good. It's about giving validation to themselves and making themselves feel good. Right. I think a lot of times 
like when somebody says, I'm a recovering people pleaser, we get this image in our heads of like, they're so self-sacrificial and it's like, you know, they're martyrs and such a pretty thing, but I totally think you're, you're dead on about, it's actually an ego thing inside of like, I want them to have this perception of me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, okay, so love that one. The other truth that kind of gives me a little bit of anxiety, (laughs) this is something you guys that Pam and I actually talk about kind of frequently when we're talking about content is there are no wrong decisions. Mm. I think that stresses me out just reading it because we would love for there to be a parenting manual or uh, there are lots of schools of thought, like, you know, gentle parenting and, and positive parenting and all these different things. And one thing that Pam always says in our content is that she doesn't want to give you a specific way to do things. It's more about empowering you to know what's best for your family. Can you talk a little bit about that? Mm, yeah. So I know for me, I mean, I was one of those people and probably still am in some ways. Like I want the answer. Just give me the answer. Not not when it comes to parenting, but definitely when it comes to business, let's say, right? I have a business coach and I'm always like, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. And luckily he's very good about saying, you know, this is your business, Pam. Like you get to decide. And he helps me figure out what are my values? What's fun for me in my business? You know, what is my purpose? And from there, then I can like calm down, calm my anxiety and know, okay, this is my next step. So I think I want to do the same for parents where it's like, there is no right or wrong. You get to decide. And if you make a decision that later you're like, "Eh, that didn't work out. Okay. What can you learn from that? And, And how can you make another decision that might move you forward? So really the way that you look at your decisions is so important. And knowing that all the decisions that you've made up until this point were the right decisions because they were the ones you made. And so to argue with the reality of that is pointless. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so permission giving for for moms to hear that they're not constantly screwing up if they don't do things in one parenting school or the other. Um, Now that's hard because so many people have opinions and they're you know, your, your mother-in-law, your, your spouse, you know, your friends, whoever, they're going to have opinions about the decisions that you make. And you have to be okay with someone's might be upset. Someone might be disappointed, but if you know that you are making the decision out of a place of integrity and trust in yourself and all of that, then that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. You even have a section in the book called put down the parenting book that speaks a little bit on this and trusting yourself to, to raise your kids because you're the perfect mom for them and for this job. So I'm curious now, what was the biggest challenge when putting together this book? Well, I think one was editing out, you know, the stuff that maybe wasn't as important. I mean, this, like I said, there's just so much that I could have included. And so, you know, one thing I know is that I can write another book. <laughs> and so there, there probably will be at least one more, right? And so, so yeah, I think the most difficult thing was just boiling it down to the essentials. Yeah, absolutely. And what is the thing that you want moms to walk away? Like, no matter what stage of life they're at, how many kids they have, whatever their circumstances are, what do you want them to walk away from this book 
feeling or knowing? That's a great question. I want them to feel empowered. I want them to know that there is support for them, that just because they are feeling maybe overwhelmed or stressed out or frustrated or at their wits end, that it doesn't mean life is going to be like that forever and that there is support for them and that they can handle... Like the last chapter of the book is there's nothing you can't handle. Um, And so having them really embrace that idea as their own and become empowered. Oh, I love that so much. And it's so in line with everything that you teach about you haven't screwed your kids up. It's not too late. Those are some of the crazy... I don't mean to call people crazy, but this notion (laughs) that like it's it's too far gone or whatever. And that's just not the case. So this is such a, a balm, I think for parents who are struggling there. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I've been thinking about is how on earth you wrote a book while having two kids and running a business and doing all of these things. What can you tell us about like how you're able to make this happen? I know there are, a lot, are probably a lot of people listening who have something like this on their bucket list, but mm-hmm. it feels like with the kids and the, the jobs and all that kind of stuff, it's just not going to happen. What do you have to share about that? Well, I actually talk about this, not this particular question in the book, but there's a chapter called There's Nothing You Have to Do. And that really has helped me in terms of my time management, right? So I know that there's nothing that I have to do. There are things that I want to do and even things that I don't like to do, but I still want to do them. Okay. Like make dinner. (laughs) So, so knowing that there's nothing I have to do, I can look at my list of, you know, things that I, that I want to get done and prioritize them and plan them. And I have become very good at just like taking my calendar and plugging things in and saying, okay, on this day, I'm going to do this. On this day, I'm going to do that. Now I'm not perfect at it, as you know, because we have deadlines and sometimes I don't miss, I don't uh, meet them. But I really do try to organize my time in a way that works for me. And one of the main things that I, that I do and I teach my clients to do is to plan their free time first. So many of us, do that last, right? So we put everything in the calendar, all the things that we, you know, want to get done. And then the last thing to go on the calendar is time for yourself, time with friends, time with your spouse. I put that stuff on first. Know that I'm going to be with my kids during these, you know, times. I'm going to see friends. I'm going to go visit my dad who lives 45 minutes away, whatever it is. And then I can go in and put the other things and get things done and, and prioritize them in a way that moves me forward, constantly, constantly moving me forward. And so that's exactly how I, you know, wrote the book was just giving myself deadlines and working with a coach definitely helped with that. Funny story is that, you know, I would show up to my calls with the coach and she would say, so do you have any questions? Do you, you know, do you, do you need any support? And I'd be like, no, I'm pretty good. And I said, well, like, what do other people usually talk about these calls? What questions do they ask? And she said, Well, normally they come to the call having not done what they were supposed to do or what they said they were going to do. And so we talk about that, but you always do exactly what you say you're going to do. So that was really encouraging. 
because I just said, okay, I'm going to write this chapter by this day. And then I would do it. Well, I think there's something in there too, about keeping your word to yourself as a mom. Like, like you touched on a lot of times, it seems like, oh, I promise I'll get to the self-care. Like, yes, I'll start that workout routine that I know will help me feel better. And then we come up with some other reason or a child needs something and we can really put ourselves on the back burner. So is it just about making sure that, I mean, you can make time for anything that's important. So is it just learning to prioritize yourself and these goals? I think it's, well, you say just, but the thing is like, like, I mean, and the reason that it's so difficult for, for people is because of our brains, right? Our brains like to seek pleasure, avoid pain and do the, the minimum amount of effort. And so any kind of goal that you have for yourself is going to require you know, energy is going to require you to feel some negative emotions. And we don't want to do that. And so it's even if you have it on your calendar, when the time comes to do the thing you you said you wanted to do, your brain is going to be like, yeah, but, you know, there's this other thing over here that looks more fun or there's this, you know, you really are tired. You really should rest like all these excuses. And so it's being able to recognize that that's happening, first of all, and then just tell yourself, yeah, but past me made this decision with her prefrontal cortex, with the logical, rational part of her mind. And future me is really going to appreciate me having my own back and following through on this. So, um, okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you put it that way, like respecting yourself and the decisions that you've already made and I think that makes so much sense. But did you ever sit down and have like writer's block or like things come up in that time you were supposed to be working and that felt derailing? No, I never had writer's block, but definitely when the book was done and then it was time to like submit it to the publisher for whatever reason, I did have like a a mental block of like, it's done and like, it's final, you know? And, um, and what I, what I ended up doing was like reading and re, rereading and like looking at and ch- making changes. But actually, I'm kind of glad that I, that I did take my time with it because toward the end, I did end up restructuring a bunch of things and making it, I think, a lot more reader friendly. So it makes a lot more sense the way that it is now than when I first started. But I think, yeah, those decisions in the end and like finalizing it was a little bit scary to me. Yeah, totally. This is something you've been working on for how long had you been working on it by the time of submission? I think maybe a year, maybe, maybe a little less than a year. Yeah. So really a labor of love. And I think it shows I have read the book. Um, I did get an advanced copy and it is so beautiful. I want to know what you loved about the book. Yes. Well, I would love to share. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really enjoyed all of the personal anecdotes, the stories. I think a lot of these lies are easy to say like, oh, this is a lie. And we all kind of nod in agreement. Like, yes, that's a lie. But it was so helpful to see stories about your daughters on the page, stories from client experiences. Um, At the very beginning of the book, there's this great story about how you were like, I'm going to be a mom. It's going to be great. And then when you had your first daughter, you were like, I actually don't know anything Mm -hmm. about 
babies or diapers are changing. And I thought that was so relatable. It just something that really stuck with me. And I think that anyone reading through this will really feel your heart in it and feel like this is a person who knows what I am going through. They have been through similar stuff and they came out on the other side and have a roadmap and a plan that you know, I can jump on board and that will help me through. And so I really loved the anecdotes and the stories in there. This is not a book that talks at you. It really invites you in to experience what Pam has experienced and some of her clients and just in the most beautiful way, sharing this, this journey of motherhood. Oh, thank you. I was reading the book out loud to Dahlia and I was reading her that first story that I tell um, about my my not so great parenting moment. And she was like, what? You never told me this. I never knew of this. And I was like, well, you were a baby. And she was like, but uh, it was so funny. Well, I wrote, that was one of the first stories you ever told me when we started working together because we put it in your email sequence. Mm-hmm. And I like it even better in the book form than the the version that I wrote that we came up with. <laughs> it's like, it just goes into more detail and you can really feel like... I was kind of tensing up because, you know, I have those moments with my kids where I'm like, mm, child. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. And you, you bring up a good point. I think that, um, hearing something on the podcast and then reading it in print are two very different experiences. Mm-hmm. Even if, even if it's the same or similar material, just the way that it comes across and the way that you, you know, experience it is different. Well, I think you even at some point in the book, I think it's earlier on, you like say that you're a, like a self-professed devourer or something of self-help books and that it's really oh, yeah. just get into the the research and the, um, but what it's really helpful is just hearing how it's happened from someone, especially given you have a background in child development and worked with kids in high school. And so I think that's a really helpful layer to add on to. Yeah. Worked with kids from well. kindergarten all the way up through high school. Yeah. Exactly. It's not just like a research that you've done in a lab. It's in right. the of it with people right. in your own. So on the front lines. On the front lines. <laughs> it feels like it some days. Yes. <laughs> For sure. So I have one more question and then I thought we could do a couple, a few rapid fire questions. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. So for the mom listening to this podcast episode right now, who is like at her wit's end, she doesn't know what else to do. She's been screaming her head off at her kids and she feels guilty about it. And, you know, that's probably all of us at some point in her parenting journeys. What do you want to tell them about this book and what is possible for them? I want to tell her that maybe I have not been in your exact situation, but I have been in a place where I didn't like myself very much, where I didn't like the way I was showing up as a mom and didn't know what to do, um, felt pretty helpless or hopeless. And, um, and I have worked with so many moms and helped them feel so much better and have amazing relationships with their kids that I know no matter what is going on for you right now, that that is possible for you. And you don't have to believe that yourself. I think a lot of clients come to me and because I believe it so much, they're like, all right, I mean, I guess I'll give it a try. She's, she seems pretty confident. 
And then what happens is that eventually you start to believe it for yourself. But it's okay in the beginning if you just rely on me and my confidence to get you there because that's my job. Um, And so I guess I just would want you to know that the life that you want in any, I mean, not just with your kids, but just your life in general, you can have exactly what it is that you want. Oh, I love that. And I think the book is a great jumping off point if you're brand new to Pam and and her content, um, or even just this way of thinking. Uh, So definitely check that out. And um, we'll talk a little bit more at the end about how you can get your hands on a copy and things like that. But have a couple rapid fire questions. There's five. Are you ready? I don't know. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) What was your favorite childhood book? I don't think I had a favorite childhood book. I had lots of books that I that I love. So the one I guess I'll I'll mention is it's not very well known, but it was a book that my grandfather used to read to me. Um, it was called Uncle Wiggly's Storybook. Have you heard of that? No, by Howard Garris. Yes. So looking it up while we're talking. Yeah. So it's a storybook and the main character is this bunny rabbit and he has this like magical ability to understand boy and girls and their language. And um, so he finds himself like in all of these situations where there's a problem and then he's the hero and he like, you know, um, always helps helps with the problem and helps resolve it. And I don't know, it's, um, it's just one of those books that I remember being special to me as a, as a child. And then I read it to my kids and they loved it. And so I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I love that. There's, there look like some really good stories in here. There's like uncle Wiggly and the toothache Mm -hmm. and the skates and he goes coasting. So I'm going to have to get that for the twins. It's Um, really, it's really cute. Yeah. So next one, tell us something about yourself that we likely don't know. Well, people likely don't know that I was the lead singer in a band in college. What? (laughs) Okay. Wait a minute. We need to dig into this. Oh, funny. What genre? What was the name of the band? Were you wearing go-go boots? Okay. No to the go-go boots. Um, it was actually an R&B band and we did cover songs of R&B songs. It was, co- the band was called Brick House. And um, it, I mean, I remember, so a friend of mine was the bass guitarist and he called me and he was like, listen, we need a lead singer. Would you want to do it? And I was like, R&B. I was like, I am no Aretha Franklin. Like, what are you talking about? And he was, I said, no, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. And so he was like, okay. And then I hung up with him and I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I'll be really mad if they get somebody in there who I think is bad. <laughs> so I better go for it. And so, yeah, I auditioned and I mean, I don't even know if they had other people auditioning, but I got the, I got the part, I got the, the <laughs> you know, and, um, and it was fun. Love that. Fantastic fun fact. Um, And right in line with the next rapid fire question, which is, do you write in silence or with music? Oh, usually I write in silence, but I do, if I'm having trouble focusing, I love 
the app called Focus at Will. And I've been using it for years. It's uh, They play different kind of... You can choose which style of music you want to listen to. But basically, it's all been like scientifically proven that it helps with concentration. And for me, it really does. So I listen to, I think, like Baroque music and... Um, if I'm if I'm ever like having trouble focusing or I need to really, you know, sit down for like a set amount of time and crank it out, I'll put that on. That's a really great tip. I'm adding that to my my list of this is just personally for me yeah. kinds of resources. Okay. Um okay, two more. What, if any, odd writing habits do you did you discover you had? Odd writing habits. I don't so like, know. I think some authors, you know, they drink a certain kind of tea when they're writing or they only use a certain type of pen or they sit in a specific chair. Was there any ritual that you followed when writing? I don't think so. Okay. I thought I would ask. You never know. There could be another I don't story. think so. But I will say this doesn't really have to do with the book, but when I when I sit down to brainstorm about the podcast, for whatever reason, I need to think in my head you are listening to the less drama more mama blah 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 episode da 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 to get myself to get my brain started like i need to just say that in my head in order to start the episode it's weird i dig it i love it <laughs> okay and then finally what are you reading right now oh my gosh so right now in uh, in my damn good mama group we are reading how to break up with your phone by Catherine Price. Mm, and we're, going, so we're going through the challenge together as a group. And so we're just on day, just on day eight or nine right now in the 30 day challenge, but I'm, I'm reading that. What else am I reading right now? I'm trying to look around to see if I have anything around here, but I don't know. This is a book I recently took out of the library. It's called my money, my way by Kumiko love founder of the budget mom. So. That's just a little bit about finances. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I can think of right now. I'm really excited about the breaking up with your phone because I think we said we were going to do some content on that for the email and podcast listeners. So keep your Stay eye out for tuned. that. Yeah. All right. So I've had so much fun chatting with you, Pam, today. Thank you for answering all of my silly questions and sharing about this incredible book that you have written. It is truly so excellent. I can't wait for everyone listening to go get their copy. Where can they pick up a copy? Yeah. So the official launch is Tuesday, August 29th at 9 a.m. Pacific. And the first hours and days after a book's release are really important to the success of the book. And so I really want this to be an Amazon bestseller. So my publisher and I decided to do a special Kindle launch on that day where we've lowered the price to just 99 cents to make it super easy for people to buy. And whether you read Kindle versions of books or not, your purchase of the Kindle version on that day will really help out. And Kindle versions are readable on any computer, tablet, or smartphone. So you don't need an actual Kindle device to read it. So I just want everyone to mark your calendar for Tuesday, August 29th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And thank you so much for your support. All right, you guys go and get a copy. It's a fantastic, fantastic book and you're going to love it. 
Pam, is there anything that we didn't talk about yet that you think people should know or want them to hear before we wrap up? I would just like to say thank you to everyone who made this book possible. I couldn't have done it without your support. So that's my blog readers and my podcast listeners, my clients, my friends and family and coaches. You all mean the world to me. And Hannah, thanks to you for the idea of interviewing me for today's podcast. Well, thanks for letting me take over. You guys go get your copy. It's really an excellent book. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Bye, everybody. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and you're ready to feel calmer, more confident, and more at peace in your family and life, I invite you to sign up for a free consultation with me to learn about how my coaching can help you achieve the exact life you want. You'll take the concepts and tools I share in the podcast and apply them to your own life. And as your coach, I'll be there to support you every step of the way. Go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and sign up now.